Amen. All right. Um, title of the message today is Why God Chose Joseph. Why God Chose Joseph. You know, um, Joseph was a man who was involved in the Christmas story, and he was, you know, in the dark about the plan that was being created up in heaven. He was in the dark. He was talked to, you know, last by the angels. Um, this is a man in this Christmas story who was so confused um, about what was going on, he did not even want to be a part of the plan. <laughs> and because of his confusion about life in general happening to him, right? He decided to quietly break off his engagement to Mary, and he is deciding to exit the story that God is trying to create. Interesting, huh? Um, anybody else here today feel confused about the, unso- about the story God is unfolding in our world today? Yeah? Anybody else feel like quietly exiting and saying, I don't like the earth anymore? Yeah? Well, then, you've got a lot in common with Joseph today. Um, Today, right now, I would predict that most of us in this room, and let me just say this, 99% of us in this room are Joseph in this story, this Christmas story, and the story of life. We're, we're not being told what's going on. The heavenly plan? Huh? Anybody get an angel visitation last night? Telling you what's going on? And you're a, you're a pivotal part of the plan? Anybody? Okay, then 100% of us in this room today are in the dark and last to be told about what is going on in the world today. I promised myself I wouldn't yell. Because my throat has to sustain two services. But I'm all fired up. We are today in the dark about the big plan. We are last to find out. We are confused. And maybe even wanting to quit quietly. Okay? But, you know, the interesting thing is, maybe even the funny thing is, is that whenever we read a Bible story, and let's just say whenever we read the Christmas story, why do we always put ourselves in Mary's shoes? Why do we do that, ladies? You're like, oh, yes. Mm. When I get that angel visitation, I will submit to the Father and all his plans. I am highly chosen and highly favored of the Lord. (laughs) You'd be so lucky, right? No, no, no. It's not always like that. We think, we always think that, oh, what would I do if the angel appeared to me and God revealed his big plan to me? You know, but the funny thing is, and the reality is, is that every single one of us in this room are like Joseph today. We can identify with Joseph. Every male and every female today in this room can identify with Joseph. You know, um, we're thinking things like Joseph is thinking. And all the while, I want to encourage you today, God is totally in control. 
And if we would just stay the course and trust him and not quietly try to quit, we will be a part of the master plan and we could be potentially remembered for ages to come. Amen? I mean, what all did Joseph, what all is required of Joseph? Joseph, don't quit. Joseph, don't, don't break off the engagement. Just raise my boy, Joseph. Just do a good job. And I would say that that's the majority of God's heart today for every single person in this room. Don't quit. Don't quietly quit. Just stay the course. Just, just, just take care of my son Jesus and, and shine your light. Shine the love of Jesus bright for all to see. Come on, you can do it. Don't quit. Amen? So why God chose Joseph. Let me just read for you the Christmas story today. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, you should call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be a child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Let's just quickly unfold some of the characters of this Christmas story today. We've got a young girl named Mary, a young virgin. We've got humble shepherds. We've got wise men from the east we have a young man named Joseph. So why did God choose Joseph? Well, I believe God chose Joseph because God is no respecter of persons. What, who is Joseph? What's his title? What's his rank? What does he do for a living? Well, Joseph was not a religious leader which is what most people would assume God would use to raise his child, a religious leader. But Joseph was not a religious leader. Joseph was not a political leader. He had no influence in the political world. He had no influence in the religious world. Wow, what a guy, huh? What a voice. There is no voice. Um, Joseph was not famous in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, the town he was from was considered a backwards town. Now, you can use your own imagination. I'm not going to name any cities or places in the United States of America, but you can think of your own, for yourself what you would consider to be a backwards town somewhere. Okay? Joseph was not wealthy. We know that for a fact, that Jesus was not a wealthy individual. Did not grow up with wealth. Joseph was a carpenter from Nazareth. Interesting. So God has absolutely no respecter of persons. He doesn't really care about success. Your success. Which means nothing. (laughs) Right? 
And why did God choose Joseph? Well, because God desires all the glory. Amen? Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 27 through 29. It says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. So today, if you feel weak, W-E-A-K, if you feel small, if you feel insignificant, today, if you feel inadequate, you can rejoice. Amen? So, interesting here, huh? If you feel weak, small, insignificant, inadequate, you are a candidate to be used by God. Because God desires all the glory. All the glory. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 says this. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all the peoples. This, was, this is God speaking to the Hebrew nation. You are not a strong nation. You are not a, a large nation. You are a weak, small nation. But I have chosen you. Why? So that God can get all the glory. I would say today that the Bible definitely declares that the proud and the haughty are pushed aside by God. And the humble are brought close. That the person who puts himself at the head of the table could potentially be asked to sit at the foot of the table. And the person who sits himself at the foot of the table will be invited to the head of the table today by God our Father. Amen? Why did, why did God choose Joseph? Because God could trust Joseph. He was a just man. Matthew chapter 1 verse 19 says this, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Just. What does that mean, just? It means simply to be upright. A just person is a blameless person. A just person is a righteous person. Righteousness, holiness, these are not qualities the world celebrates. As a matter of fact, the world loves to push on us their unrighteousness. And they love to mock righteousness. But God is looking for a just, righteous, upright, blameless individual this morning. doesn't matter who you are. He's looking for the righteous. Amen? God is not looking for the successful. He's not looking for the rich. He's not looking for the beautiful people of the world. God is looking for the righteous and holy people of the world. God chose Joseph because he could trust him. I want to unfold for you today, here in the body of my message, all about trust. Because God could trust Joseph. 
So can God trust you? And I would even add on to that point, even when you don't understand what's going on, are you, are you going to be trustworthy even when you don't understand? Interesting, huh? Can God trust you to, number one, listen to his voice? Can he do that today? Listen to his voice. When you look at the Bible and really truly unfold the Bible, how does God speak? Quietly? In a whisper? When we're all alone? And finally tuning our ear to him. Finally tuning our ear to him. Amen? I would tell you today that God will speak to you when you shut the doors and you get in a quiet room and you sit still and listen. So can God trust you today to listen to his voice? I love that God spoke to Joseph in, in four separate dreams. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. Matthew chapter 2, verse 22. You can look those up for yourself. So God was speaking, and God is still speaking today. And I wonder who's listening. I wonder, who's, I wonder who is tuning their ear to the, to the heaven frequencies. Because they're totally different than the world frequencies. The world is loud and brass, and it's a, it's a nasty trumpet. But God is soft and gentle and quiet, and he's whispering to all who would listen. His words are unfolding to all who would listen. You might be thinking to yourself, well, I, I've never really heard God speak to, be, to before. I've never heard God speak. Well, I want to encourage you today to, to open up the word of God, the Bible, the word of God. And he speaks through that as well. He can speak through that. He still speaks through that. So God spoke to Joseph in four separate dreams. I love that Joseph did not listen to his feelings. I love that he finally realized that his feelings had nothing to do with the plan of God. And God didn't even try to like, to, to, to like justify his feelings. This is the plan, Joseph. This is, this is it. Come on, let's go, right? Let's do this. I love that Joseph, he not only listened to God, he didn't listen to his feelings. He didn't listen to public opinion. Amen? So what maybe here's some reasons why you might not be listening to God. I want to read to you Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, 24 through 25. It says this, Because I have called you and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. These are some reasons why we don't listen to God. It's because we're rebellious in our heart. That's what it says in verse 24 of Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 24 says, I have called and you refused. There is a lot of rebellion in our heart. It's there. It's always there, isn't it? I've called and you refused, God says. God says to us, uh, we're not only rebellious, but we can be insensitive at times. Verse 24 says, I've stretched out my hand and no one regarded. We're just insensitive. To the, to the gift that God is handing to us. We're, we're not willing to accept it. Uh, we're indifferent. Verse 25, you disdained all my counsel indifferent. I want to uh, pause on this point a bit. Because indifference is a big deal. 
What's the opposite of love? It's not hate. It's not. Get that out of your mind. The opposite of love is total indifference. Total indifference. Now, the Bible says that I would rather you have you hot or cold. What does that mean? I'd rather you have love or hate. Now, I'll prove this to you. And the Bible then says, if you're lukewarm or indifferent toward me, totally lukewarm toward me, what does that mean to be totally lukewarm, to be totally indifferent? It means this. It means that you never think about God. It means that you don't care about God. You don't have any feelings about God whatsoever. You don't need God. You don't want God. You don't love him. You don't hate him. You're completely indifferent toward him. That is the opposite of love. And the Bible says that if you are lukewarm, what is he going to do to you? He's going to spit you out of his mouth. So God desires either love or hate. And he does not want you to be indifferent toward him. Totally un. Totally just go about your day without ever giving notice of God is what God considers to be the opposite of love. And then he says, if you are indifferent toward me, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, what does that mean? That's talking about your eternal damnation. That's your eternity. I will not let you in. I will spit you out of my mouth. That's what God says. Now, why is hate not the opposite of love? Because hate shows some sort of emotion within you. Some sort of feeling about God. You see, God desires to be thought about, to be talked about, to be talked to. So if you're angry at God today, he is not scared of that anger. He welcomes the conversation. And as you talk it out, he longs to draw you in. You see? He longs to draw you in. So today, if you're sitting out here and you're just completely indifferent toward God, my friend, you are lost. You are lost and your eternal eternity is I will spit you out of my mouth. So figure that out for yourself. And I will encourage you today to not be indifferent towards your heavenly father. Amen. You see here in Proverbs 20, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter one, verses 24. Through 25, we don't listen because we're rebellious. We can be insensitive. We can be indifferent toward God, and we can be defensive. Verse 25 says, you would have none of my rebuke. And when you are defensive towards God, you are saying this. You're taking God off the throne. You're putting yourself on the throne, and you're scolding God about his behavior in your life. That's what you're doing. God, I don't like the way my life has turned out. Fix it. Right? You're defensive. You're, def- you're on the defense. <laughs> I'd like to see that take place at the judgment throne. <laughs> you, get, you ain't going to get on the defense. You ain't. So you might as well submit today and learn what that feels like and trust God and watch him do something beautiful in your life. Amen? Mm, that's good stuff. Can God trust you today to listen to his voice? That was number one. Can God trust you today, number two, to take one step at a time. Psalms chapter 37 verse 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I love that God leads you by small steps. But we desire God to take us by large leaps. Don't we? We really do. Obedience to God will lend to further direction from God. God will not 
let you pass on to the next step until you have done correctly that step. There's always lessons to be learned. And you could be stuck at a lesson for years and years of your life until you learn the lesson and go beyond it to then take the next step on your journey with God. So I'll encourage you today to obey God the first time. Joseph, I love this, did not demand to understand. Isaiah 50, verses 10 through 11 says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But watch out. You who live in your own light and warm yourselves by your own fires. This is the reward you will receive from me. You will soon fall down in great torment. So there is a massive warning to those who do not obey God. The warning is, do not walk in your own light. Do not warm yourself with your own fire. Because if you do, you will soon fall down in great torment. All I see these days is people living with their own, by their own light and warming themselves by their own fire. That's all I see these days. And there's a huge warning in, in the Bible to do that. We walk by the light of the word of God. We obey every word in it. Every sin is still a sin that's listed in the word of God. <laughs> you can't change the narrative. You cannot change the narrative. You think you can change the narrative. You think you can just say, oh, these are sins now and these aren't sins anymore and don't judge me and you can't judge me. I can judge you. And the Bible says that if I do, I'll be judged too, but I still can judge you. I'm willing to take the risk. I judge my kids as a parent. I judge the youth as a youth pastor. I judge the young adults as a young adult pastor. I'll judge you as a pastor. If you're not living according to the word of God, your soul could be headed to hell, and I will warn you about that, and you will thank me. Right? Yes. You will never have true peace until you're living in obedience to God. Everything else is a false peace. We've got too many Christians allowing false peace to dictate their relationships. You will not experience peace on the other side of this life unless you get your life correct here. So you want peace? Warn people <laughs> that they're heading in the wrong direction. And they will thank you one day. And then you'll have true peace within your soul. Right? So there's a huge warning here about obedience. Huge warning. Number three. On can God trust you? Can God trust you, number three, to obey God? even when it is difficult. I lo you know, Mary, she said yes, and then she was in a mess. The wise man followed the star, and they realized they had to change direction on the way home. They had to flee Herod, or else they themselves might die. Joseph marries a pregnant woman, raises a son that was not his own, Faced ridicule from his family, 
was persecuted by the government. Difficulties are never meant to destroy you. Difficulties are meant to strengthen you so that you can accomplish your God-given destiny. Difficulties will become trophies and stories of triumph. Let me read that one again. Difficulties will become trophies and stories of triumph. Difficulties are not a sign you are out of God's will. They are a sign you are in God's will. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We don't fight each other. I'm not fighting Trina. (laughs) I'm not fighting her. I am fighting a spiritual battle. There is a, there is a, there's stuff going on under our feet. And they want to kill you. John 10, 10. Said, as I've come that you may have life, life more abundantly, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. The, the, the thief, the demon, the devil, he wants your soul for eternity. He wants to torment you for eternity. Why? Because he hates his life and he hates you. That's why. And you, you got to understand the violent fight that you're in. That, 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 that everything coming at you is not good. That everything that pops up on your phone is not supposed to be looked at and, and messed with. And that, that even every relationship is not necessarily a good relationship either. But that you must fight the good fight of faith and save the path and obey God even when it's tough. And understand that if people lose their way, they need prayer. They don't need a, <laughs> you know, they don't need to be slapped upside the head with your hand. We're not fighting each other. There's, it's a spiritual battle that we're in today. It's a spiritual battle. So there's got to be difficulties because the enemy doesn't want you to succeed. The enemy doesn't want you to give your life to Jesus. The enemy doesn't want me to preach this message today. So, so what happens when I wake up in the morning and I feel an attack of the enemy? I rise up in the name of Jesus Christ and I say, get out of here, devil. You've got no room in my life. You've got nothing on me. Amen? And what happens when difficulties arise? Spiritual difficulties arise. You know you're in the will of God. Amen? Number four, can God trust you to maintain sexual purity like we see Joseph did? Joseph was pure before they were engaged. They were pure while they were engaged. And they were even pure after they were were married. Because it says Joseph didn't know her until after baby Jesus was born. Verse 18, I'll read the verses to you. It says, before they came together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together. Right there. Verse 25. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph did not play away his opportunity for God to use him. Amen? God cares 
about your sex life. He cares about your sexual purity. It is important. God is not looking for the successful, the rich, the beautiful people of the world. God is looking for the righteous and holy people of the world. Amen? Number five. God is, can God trust you? Number five, to be faithful for a lifetime. Faithfulness. It makes you reliable and dependable before God. Joseph was faithful to God. He was faithful to Mary. He was a faithful father to Jesus. I want to be faithful. Do you want to be faithful to God? Can God trust you like he trusted Joseph? Can God trust you to listen to his voice like Joseph did? Can God trust you to just take one step at a time? To not see the end? right now, but to trust that there is a plan and God is doing good things in our world and in in your world, in your life, just to take one step at a time. Can God trust you today to obey God even when it is difficult? Amen. Can God trust you today to maintain sexual purity? Oh Lord, help us. And can God trust you today to be faithful for a lifetime? What's God going to say to you at the end? How is he going to welcome you into paradise? What does the word of God say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Good. Good. What does that mean? It means that, yes, you can be bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You could take advantage of God's grace your whole life and pretend, pretend today that you can live in sin and yet still get in. You could pretend. Don't live like that. Be good. Be good. And I believe today every single person knows in their heart of hearts if they're doing right. They know. They know. I don't have to go through a list of the do's and don'ts. It's put, it's written on your heart. God has written it on your heart. And if today you're not doing good, well, there's, this is the most tremendous thing ever is that God realized that many weren't doing good and he sent his son to die, to be perfect, to be good because we can't. And that if we would humble ourselves and believe and accept and obey his son Jesus, then we will be saved. From what? From eternal, eternal damnation. Eternity in hell. This life is just, it's just a, it's like we're in school right now. We're all getting a report card. How are you you doing? Are you doing good? Or are you doing bad? And if you're not doing good, that's why he sent his son, Jesus. And if you would just humble yourself today, repent, turn away from your sins, and accept the love of the Father today, and begin to live your life good, then you, my friend, are welcomed home. You, my friend, are trusted. You, my friend, 
will be used not only in this life, which is what our hugest and most greatest desire is, is to have some sort of positive impact on our world. Amen? But then you will be welcomed home and used in the next life. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful. Are you, are you faithful today? And only you know that. Only you know, and you know it. You know it in your heart too. If you've been faithful. You know it in your heart. You know when you've denied your heavenly father before men. You know when you've done that. You know when you missed an opportunity to be faithful to him. And if you have, it's not over for you. It's not over. It's not over. Because the good news is, is that all you got to do is just say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. I want to do better. Amen? There is a way out for all of us today to be faithful for a lifetime. Can God trust you? Which areas need the most work in your heart today? Do you need to be do you need to listen to his voice better like like Joseph had to listen? Do you need to take just one step at a time today? Do you need to obey God even when it's difficult? Do you need to keep your sexual purity today? Do you need to be faithful for a lifetime today? Which area is God poking on you about? Is it maybe one area? Maybe it's all of the areas. It can be all the areas and don't worry if it is. Don't worry if it is. Because God is looking for someone today to say, God, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm fixed. I'm going to get it right. Today's my day. I'm turning around. Amen? I'm turning around today. It is not about how many mistakes you have made. It is about how humble you are today to turn your life around, to admit, to get down on your knees, to admit, I am in need of a Savior. That's what it's all about. It is not about your sins being added up because once you put down the knee and you ask for forgiveness, they are not just covered up to be uncovered one day. No. They are completely washed away, forgotten about. Forgotten about. Amen? Forgotten about. And God so desires us to just humble ourselves, to just accept with his open hand, his gift that he's offering us today. Would you accept the greatest gift of all? Would you accept my son Jesus? Would you believe today? It's Christmas season. How many people want a gift? (laughs) I do. I do. Just get out of your own way, right? And let God in, right? Amen, amen, amen. Let's bow our heads and pray today. Can God trust you? Which area needs the most work today, church, in your life? I'll list them, and as I list them, you say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to change. To listen to his voice. To take one step at a time. To obey God, even when it's difficult. To keep your sexual purity. To be faithful for a lifetime. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship. We got a few minutes here. We got a few minutes here. I'm going to get I'm going to get you out on time. We got a few minutes. Let's worship. Can we do that, church? We're gets worship. Come on. Oh, praise the name of